0: The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 1049 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop
1: Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Drinking, piston, clanking, air polluting, smoke belching four wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your songs, huh? Good morning, Southern Arizona. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show, right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, riding Shotgun with me, Mr. Test First Don't Guess, Brian Fuller. Brian, are you on?
2: I'm here. Good morning.
1: Well, good morning to you, sir. Welcome back. Well, well, thanks for got having any me rain on. Over there
2: this morning absolutely not. do you
1: ha have you got any rain rainult none oh okay. well, what in the world is going on? I know you've been visiting a son of a gun over at your shop. What's the biggest major what is is there any particular thing that you're doing more of uh you know that that would that you can share? You know uh, what's going on. I know you work on everything, but what is your most common thing that uh, the do-it-yourselfers do or can do? Uh, But fill us in on what's going on in the repair industry just for the past week. You don't. You can break it down any way you want to. Okay.
2: Well, I tell you, the motoring public right now they're uh, they're serious about doing repairs to their vehicles. I have seen. You know, they're they're bringing them in, and they're saying, okay, just whatever it needs, just do it. I can't afford to buy a new car. That's all there is to it. You know, their their mindset right now is is, you know, if I spend this money on this vehicle, it'll be far cheaper than buying a new car. You know, some are even going as far to say, you know, I'm going to go to my credit union and, you know, take out a small loan to install this transmission or install this engine. And again, because it's far cheaper than going the other route, you know. And uh, it's just, I've never seen anything like it before, you know. These people are just, they're doing their repairs, they're doing their maintenance. um, You know, it's, they come in and say, do it all, you know. Just get this thing back up and running. We're getting ready to go on a vacation, and uh, we need to have this vehicle reliable.
1: <laughs> well, what, you know, are you seeing people, uh, are they buying little cars and bringing them in for you to you to check, you know, buying them pre, pre-owned and getting them checked out before they buy them, or are they just buying them and then bringing them in and said, okay, yep, I bought it low enough, I can afford to put a transmission in it if I have to. Are you seeing any of that now? Well,
2: those that are buying used vehicles, which I, I don't see many mm-hmm. people going out and even buying used vehicles at this point. Like I say, it, it's they're repairing theirs, which, like I said, you know, in the past, it would be, well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I, I'm not going to put $1,000 into my car. I'm just going to go buy a new one you know you go back right. 15 years ago and that was the mindset you know i mean that mm-hmm. immediately it would be just huh i'm going to go out and buy a different car well today it's different today it's i'm going to well, repair our got, car
1: well you've got a few interest rates is coming into play now again and you know i from doing a little bit of research i found out that uh you know, an average car payment in anywhere from seven hundred to sixteen hundred dollars a month and I'm going, wow. I mean well, think that's, about right
2: this. that's more houses. than a house payment.
1: You know? Well it's more than a house payment it used to be. And and now uh the houses are starting the the values are holding but they're not going any higher and so, real estate is starting to change around because the uncertainty with the economy, and we're seeing stuff coming hit us in the face that we're not used to, like the inflation rate and i I just and then i'm I wasn't going to get into this this early, but well, I am too uh let me get let me get my advertisers out before my brains fall out um Spectra Minor Road Auto Collision. This, this course is brought to you by Spectra Minor Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. They're located at 4425 West Diner Road, down the street from Brian's Place. And uh, that's excellent body shop, paint and body, crash repairs, headlights, uh, lenses cleaned, all anything that goes with the body work. If you want to know how to maintain the paint on your car, give him a call over there. He'll share that information with you. Javier will be there. Echo's there. Anyone will share the information with you. And I will repeat what he told me one time. You need to polish your hand polish your car one, uh, twice a year, every six months in Arizona because it's daggone hot and it likes to blister the paint. So that's one thing And he told me. The other thing is you can wipe down. Don't Put wax on the rubber components around the car, the the windows and doors and stuff like that, because it will dry, harden, crack. So use a, uh, you can use windshield wiper, uh, windshield warper, wiper wiper fluid. Put it on with a rag because it's got UV protection in it and it's inexpensive. And then you can wipe down all the rubber components around the windshields and all your seals around your back doors on your little SUV and keep the dirt off of them so they'll seal up proper and um, be a, they won't be whistling at you when they go down the road. But that's Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision. Merrill's Auto Machine Shop, I don't know if I think they're open today. I do not know. Um, They've got a machine shop on West Aho for your weekend warriors, 807-4010. They turn rotors, drums, and flywheels on Saturday. And you need to call them, make sure that they're open, and see if they can, you can get your rotors and drums and stuff turned and get them back today so that you can finish the vehicle for the other two days you've still got left. But um That's that's Merle's Auto. Frontier Towing for all your towing needs, of course. That's Jim Mooney. And good morning, Jim. uh, 520-748-1100 for all of your towing needs. Uh, And also, they changed the schedule at Tucson Speedway. And unless I dreamed it up, they're having a late model race today. And I'm pretty sure they are. So I'm going to give these tickets away anyway. And if they don't, you hang on to these tickets. We'll use it at the next event they have. <laughs> but it's two-family four-packs. The gate's open at uh, 5, and the racing starts at 6.30. Two-family four-packs for calls number one and two on the 6 o'clock hour. That's four, four people can get in on one ticket. I'm giving away two of them. 719-1490, 719-1490. Anybody that wants to join us this morning, please do. It's open lines as usual, 719-1490. Got a couple of little things now, 719-1490 on the tickets. Uh, I was doing some research because I'm a little concerned, and as the rest of you are, we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on with the gas-burning cars being banned by two thousand and thirty two thousand thirty five by California, which is carb california air uh air resource division and i read an article that took me twenty minutes i guess to read and i'm not that i mean i'm slow but i'm not that slow it's a big article and uh they they what really it I'm trying to say this without getting lit up. When you put a $369 billion allocated based on a study of environmental cleanliness or, you know, with the numbers, based on 2005 numbers, and they're saying we need to clean this up, and then they started giving me BS numbers on how much they could clean it up. From 2005? Yeah, you can clean it up from 2005. Does the motor and public have a clue how much the environment has been cleaned up over the last 17 years? And they're using a 2005 study to justify spending $369 billion. If that don't light you fire, I don't know if you're just not paying attention. Okay? Why didn't they use a 2020 or 2022? or 2019, but not something 17 years old when the whole automobile has changed a gazillion times since then, and it's emissions controlled. The diesels, 2005, you didn't have any standards on diesels. Now you have all sorts of standards on diesels, but you already have the stuff in place on the diesels running on the roads. So why they come up with a B.S. study from 2005 and justify justified putting three hundred and sixty nine billion dollars. And by the way, this is partisan. This was supposed to be a partisan vote. Three hundred sixty nine billion allocated based on a two thousand and five. Somebody is sleeping at the wheel. And I wasn't going to get excited about it, but I did. I don't like to see ripoffs, off. And yeah, boy, I'll tell you I, I, that that is just. Misinformation by the fifty-five gallon drums. Then they're talking about uh, having the uh, electric vehicles, all cars in California, not going to be allowed to have gas burners. And by the way, don't get too mad at California, Washington, and Massachusetts just joined them on the band of gas-operated vehicles by two thousand thirty-five. Okay, so and then in. Uh, One article down from that, it says, oh, between 4 and 9, to ease the power grid, this was posted on 831 of 22. Today is, what, the third? Okay. Um, At 1241 uh, p.m., based on excessive heat and Labor Day weekend, because they're going to have them now, and uh, set your thermometers in your house to 78 or higher, avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles, and turn off unnecessary lights. So they're going to ban the ve- they're going to ban the gas vehicles 2035. They can't even get the electric. Well, you get my drift. Uh, so, uh, and it's not just just California. You've got the same situation with uh, Washington and Massachusetts. I didn't see where they cut the grid down though. So, electric vehicles, I think, are, are a nice thought, but there's a long way to go before you can get those things where they're going to replace the gas-operated vehicles, and how in the world are they going to make it by 2035? I think that's kind of like the survey they did based on 2005. You know, you've got to be an idiot not to know that the the environment is a heck of a lot cleaner right now than it was in 2005. One, if nothing else, just the diesels have added all the depth, all the emission standard, and that's, that's since 2005. My 2006 diesel did not have any of that garbage on it. So it is cleaner. While they're using a 2005, is because the numbers are going to be better for them to justify $369 billion. And I'm begging you, don't you believe a word I'm telling you? I want you to research this yourself, and you'll say, I'll be a son of a gun. That old hillbilly, well, that's the information he got. That, that, that looks like it's, that looked like it's pretty close. But that's how... I call it shuck and jibe. That's how they're misleading you. And that's how they were misleading me. And it lit my fire, in case you haven't figured that out by now. But anyway, moving right yeah, and along then they, here. Go,
2: now, they go and say, leading into Labor Day weekend, California asks electric vehicle drivers to limit their charging because they're worried about taking down the grid. They don't want them to charge them in the afternoon. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm.
1: From four o'clock to nine o'clock at night. Yeah, and I you know I I I do the in Tucson at three o'clock to eight o'clock. Everything that I have, I don't do laundry. I don't do my dishwasher. I turn the thermostats up to seventy eight degrees. Of course, I keep them seventy eight degrees. I don't like three hundred fifty dollar electric bills, and. I, I've been doing that for about four years, five years now at least, and we don't we don't have the brownouts and blackouts that they have in California. Now, California says really hot out there. Okay, well, when you designate, you're going to put in millions of <laughs> electric vehicles by thirty-five, and you can't handle what you've got going now. I'm sure Mother Nature is going to say, oh, okay, well, since California banned – California, Washington, and Massachusetts banned these cars by 2035. And there will be other states that will think, oh, well, there's a lot of money coming from the federal government so we can do this. So what they're going to do is the same thing. And Mother Nature, I'm sure she's going to say, well, since they've got no – they don't have any gas-burning cars – in uh, California, Washington, and Massachusetts, what we'll do is we'll 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 be kind to them, and we won't put a hot dry spell there where it'll cause them to use too much electric energy at coal burning, polluting stuff, or the natural gas burning, polluting stuff. By the way, natural gas don't pollute. And I, I'm never mind. Okay, I'm off my I'm off my pedestal now, Brian. So. <laughs> Hey Jerry? We, we can seven one, Yeah. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Uh, Go Jim, ahead. Jim, he wants to
2: chime in about what you guys are talking about.
1: Perfect. Put him
2: on.
0: Jim, welcome hey, to the show. Hey, good morning, buddy. Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brian. How's it going you today? Can,
1: morning. Well, you're supposed to say it's a super safe Saturday. It's a you super safe. You said when Saturday.
0: you
2: was
1: on the show. And you're on the show, so it's a super safe Saturday. Okay, now go
0: ahead. <laughs> it's, it's a super safe Saturday. It's a super safe Saturday, especially today. It's Labor Day. Everybody needs to be mm-hmm. super safe. Anyways, I love it. I love the, the $369 billion bill, Jerry. I, I, I love the fact okay. that they're going to get rid of gas cars. Do you have any idea how much towing I get to do? All these cars that are out of juice are going to be sitting in the middle of the road. Do you have any idea how much towing? My industry is going to make so much money. We're going to be we're going to be in big houses with we're going to be having all kinds of boats and we're going to have everything because we're going to be towing oh. so many cars around just to people's homes or to a charging station. You know, I'm hey, going to clean up. I,
1: I love it that you're going to do that. But if you tell me you were in on that 2005 <laughs> survey to compare it with today.
0: Uh, we're we're well, no. going
1: to have to have a chat. Well, well no, Jerry. <laughs> I,
0: I, 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 the 2005 survey, you're right, is 17 years ago, and that's those numbers are so far out of out of compliance with today that it doesn't even come close. <laughs> you and Brian you, both know how much emissions vehicles. is on a car today and on a truck.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it's not even it's not even in the same planet. You know, Not even the same uh, For the planet. people that don't understand, everything on these cars now is computer control on these late model cars. I mean, the only thing you do is get in and you hit a key or hit a fob or push a button and it starts up and run. Uh, and everything is monitored. The gas is fired in milliseconds to the cylinders based on how much gas the cylinders need. Which cuts down to almost zero emissions. If it wasn't so good emissions on these cars now, why do they no longer require these late models, super late what what's a emission date on these things, Brian or Jimmy the one? What when I mean, when did they quit? You just you don't need an emission. I went I took my diesel. I didn't need an emissions on my diesel, my two eighteen. Because it it has all the stuff already on it.
0: Right. It should be five years. You can go five five years before you actually have to go get
1: the test. Okay. Five years. On a new vehicle.
0: On a new vehicle, five years. We'll still charge you, but you don't have to go in there because we know the emissions are so good that your car won't run without it.
1: That's right. Uh, That's right. So, anyway... We, I think the American public and the manufacturers have done an excellent job on emissions control. There is just like anything else, there's nothing perfect. Perfect means no corrections or additions to. Nothing's perfect. But we've come so far between 2005 and 2022. It's not even in the same planet as far as emissions on these vehicles. And it just lights my fire. Now, $369 billion, and this is the study that they base that on in Washington, D.C.? I don't get it. I don't get it. No, but, but anyway, you pay for it. Moving right along.
0: Huh? You're going to pay for it. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to chime in on that. I'll let you guys get back to it. Uh, thank you so much for letting me be on. Jerry, you, you and Brian have a have a great, super safe Saturday and weekend. Everybody out there be
1: safe today. Oh, thanks, Betty. All right. We'll talk to you later. Be careful. 520 719 1490. 520 719 1490. Any of your comments on this stuff? This is automotive-related, by the way, so don't think I just jumped off the side of a mountain. Um, this is going to affect everybody. This is going to affect the, the price of the vehicles that's coming in. I do I have heard that the um, uh, government donation to you buying your electric car, which is a credit, uh, you take uh, the first year. I think a CPA told me you get 20% of the You can claim 20% of the actual 7,500, and then next year you can claim more and, until you eat up 7,500. dollars So uh, it's it, it. You pay attention when you buy these things, but also understand that when you take that vehicle in to sell it or trade it, you have already lost 7,500 dollars on the value of that vehicle okay that'sth this is just the facts you can check it out anywhere um, so just just think it over they've got I'm waiting for the little Chevys to come back across the border that they're making down our electric it's supposed to be twenty two to twenty three thousand dollars. The little maverick pickup that was coming from Ford that was going to come standard with a hybrid engine and electric, and it was going to start at $19,995, i seen a used one in the paper for sale for $43,000, for $43,000 for this 19995 and it was used. I don't even want to know what I'm, well, I do too, if anybody out there knows, give me a shout at 527191490, uh, let's talk about this, because this is real stuff, this is real in your billfold. This is with a, a, a inflation rate that's out it's they say, well, it's only ten percent. Well it may be only ten percent if you're retired and you're sitting in a house and you don't go buy any groceries or you don't go out and buy any gas or anything like that. The people that are working, Lord how mercy. The ones that that's gotta be out, they gotta drive every day and the everything is going up, you know, it, 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 it it's 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 disheartening. And the ones that own Social Security as their primary income, I don't see how they're making it. I'll just be honest with you. I just don't see how they're actually doing it. So my heart goes out to that, and somebody needs to grab a hold of the reins here and get this mess straightened up. As you can tell, I'm probably – yeah, I am wound up this morning. But anyway. Let's get back to the automotive. Automotive, they don't give a crap what the industry does. They don't give a crap what the weather does. They don't give a crap about anything. Their job is to run when you hit the key or hit push the button, get started, and go. If you don't do your maintenance on these vehicles, you will be spending a heck of a lot more money than what the interest rate's coming up. So, and and good luck with that. That's that's what I got to say. Brian, you want to chime in on this. Take well, you talk about pushing
2: the you button, know, you know, you, you got for? all this push button start and all this fancy stuff, you know, on these new vehicles. I had a 2016 Dodge Durango come in this week and uh you know, the customer's concern was is uh you know, I can't get this thing out of gear. The tow truck driver goes there and and he uh you know, he can't tow the vehicle. He's afraid he's going to break it because he can't get it out of park and he doesn't want to drag it. So he goes ahead and he replaces the big battery in the car. Now keep in mind, this vehicle has two batteries in it. It's a 2016 Dodge Durango. And it's a crank, no start, of course, push button start. Hmm. They replace the main big battery in it and it still won't start and they don't understand well I replace the battery it's it's a good battery it should start right well nobody thought about replacing the auxiliary battery or even checking it for that matter remember I say test first don't guess come on this is common sense absolutely <laughs> you, you got two batteries no, one's the main battery the other one's the auxiliary have. battery <laughs> You know, the auxiliary battery in this vehicle is just for that. It powers up everything inside of the cab, meaning your push-button start, your ignition, windows, the gear shifter, everything. So they finally did get someone to get this vehicle towed in, and yes, the auxiliary battery was no good. Now, previous to this, too, they had a check engine light on. So this is going to be one of those deals where I can't diagnose the whole thing. I can't tell you the whole story until I start to get things powered back up because you're driving a computer with wheels, okay? Totally dependent on electricity. Okay, so we find out that that auxiliary battery had failed, And we needed to get a new one before we could do anything else with this vehicle, because we had no communication with anything, nothing. So we get the auxiliary battery. We get it put in. Okay, everything powers up. Now, remember I say, test first, don't guess. Why'd the battery fail? Well, lo and behold, it wasn't being charged. The main battery was getting charged, but the auxiliary battery was not. Now we got to go find out why. So we do our pinpoint tests, and we find out that the main uh, fuse block by the the uh, TIPM, totally integrated power module, which is just a great big fuse box, had a 150-amp fuse blown causing the auxiliary battery not to be charged. So again, step two, we need, you know, step one, we needed a battery. Step two, we're going to need that fuse block. So we get the fuse block, put that in, now the auxiliary battery is getting charged. So yay, the car will start, it will shift out of park, and we can access the computer to find out why the check engine light was on previous to all this happening. So step three, we have to go in and find out why the check engine light's on. Well, lo and behold, it had an EVAP code, which is EVAP is the vehicle needs to be able to keep all the hydrocarbons in that gas tank. Because lo and behold, in the past, your old 1970 vehicle emitted more hydrocarbons with the engine off than your 2016 Dodge Durango did with the engine on. The reason is, is the fuel tank, the fuel system is completely sealed. Okay, back in the 70s, they were not. It just vented out into the atmosphere. That's why they had vented gas caps. So the new vehicles, they have the EVAP system that seals the entire gas tank and keeps all the hydrocarbons in it and there's solenoids and things that open and close and allow those hydrocarbons that accumulate in the gas tank to go back into the engine and get burned up. Well, this particular one had a... It was the leak detection pump, or the Dodge calls it Evaporative System Integrity Monitor, or ISM. Anyway, that switch was not closing, Causing the check engine light. So again, we needed that part, but I couldn't buy it. The part that we needed was on national back order, but lo and behold, guess what? They have it attached to the charcoal vapor canister, and you can buy that for three times the money, and it's in stock. Go figure. I mean, these are the things that were <laughs> that are coming in. It's just unbelievable. You know, the things that we have to go through when we're diagnosing your computer with wheels. Very complicated.
1: That's very, very, very true. Uh, I remember talking to you uh, when you bought the big Ford. Is a second or third computer uh, diagnostic tool from Ford, so that you could diagnose and reprogram all the Ford stuff. And then you bought this one, and then they didn't give you enough information with the uh, diagnostic tool to do the job that you originally bought the diagnostic tool for. And. I was telling the people out there in, in uh, cyberspace and around the world uh, that I actually seen you get a little excited. Yeah, because a little you excited, every, is correct? Every yeah, well, I couldn't tell them what you said. I just told them you was a little excited. I was being kind to <laughs> you, but I thought you did. I thought you did a pretty good job of controlling it. Uh, until I seen the phone start melting at the, re- at the transmitter. <laughs> but anyway, it's enough to fire you off and keep you going. And that's one of the problems that we have is, are, are you, well, I know Simmons is, I know Parker is, and I assume you are. We're still having problems of getting quality parts. They haven't quite got all the, uh, structure put back. That was making uh, the parts, uh, the parts and aftermarket parts from the COVID nineteen era, and then with the shipping container sitting out in the middle of the ocean with parts coming from all over the world, we couldn't get them off the, the boats so that the body shops could get their parts. <coughs> we couldn't get our parts to even repair them. And a body shop is also a repair facility because when they crash these cars, they tear them all to pieces, and then somebody has to put them back together. Voila! That's that's how uh, I know uh, how Specter makes his living is putting these cars back together. So yes, it is still <coughs> excuse me, it's still a problem unless you know something I don't know, Brian.
2: Yeah, it's just getting more and more complicated. I mean, it, we had another Dodge in where we had to program the keys on the vehicle, and we had to get the code from the dealership to actually put that into the computer to get the keys to program. And it's it, it's just getting so complicated that it, I don't know how anyone... Is going to be able to repair their own vehicle in the future. It's just not going to well, be. Well, we look at if you don't have all this equipment. You know, I mean, I don't. I didn't want to go out and have nine different scanners in our shop. Right. I mean, really, it, it's just unbelievable that you have to have manufacturer-specific scanners to do anything these days. Right. I mean, you know, you've got, cheap. you know, Chrysler, GM, and Ford factory scanners over at your shop as well. You oh, know, yeah. and we're talking major money layout to do these things, and, and unfortunately, yep. this is why diagnostics cost money. I mean, the the money layout that we have to put out for these things is just unbelievable. And once you buy them, you know, you think, well, I've got the scan tool, it'll be good forever, Correct. No. Wrong. There's yearly subscriptions for these things. I mean the Ford factory scanner a year. Is, yeah, the Ford factory scanner is almost a thousand dollars a year to renew. Now, you bought the thing, correct? It should continue to work, correct? Mm-hmm. No. At the end of your year subscription, it will not work. It will not update. You've got it loaded onto your laptop, but it won't work until you pay them the money. And then you go to Chrysler. Now, they're really proud of theirs. That thing's over $3,000 a year to update. 3000 bucks for the Chrysler. And General Motors, is, I believe, is over 1500 now. I mean, you're talking some serious cash to update these scanners. I mean, you get into an aftermarket yeah. scanner like uh, the Snap-on scanner, that thing's, if you update it every year, which you, it's over 1200 bucks. Mm. This is some serious cash that we have to put out to be able to access your computer in your vehicle to figure out what's wrong. And, you know, people say, well, just get a code reader. Well, a code reader, don't waste your money. All that's giving you is a number. A number with the possibilities that go along with that could be 20-plus different things that you have to check out of possibilities of what it is. It's not always the part. I mean, good Lord, I had a Chrysler, not a Chrysler, a Ford in here the other day. That had a uh, airbag light code for a pre-tensioner and a seatbelt. So I go and I print out the uh, repair procedure for this vehicle. The repair procedure for this particular problem was 40 pages long. I didn't say four pages. I said 40. You know, step one, do this, do that. Yes, no, go to the next step. The on and on and on and on and on. That's Unbelievable.
1: Right. I'm yep. not making this up. I mean, hours. Oh, I know you're not, buddy. I know you're not. Hours and hours Parker of my automotive. life that is consumed by these
2: mm-hmm. computers with wheels. It's it's just Yep. It's not Grandpa's automobile anymore. Well, That's for darn sure.
1: Well, you know, and we're seeing that as it relates down through the years. Used to, you go out in the backyard, and uh, there's a point to what I'm trying to I'm going to make. Uh, you go out in the backyard, and you you help help your dad work on the car. You do the oil change. You do the brakes. Uh, uh, you could tune the carburetor. You can rebuild the carburetor. You can change the spark plugs. Uh, And people were learning from then, well, we had a pretty decent supply of technicians or mechanics that we could actually put some professional schooling behind them. And then we had people to work on vehicles. Now, we don't have that feed. And I've got openings at Simmons for driveshaft helpers that we will train. I've got openings for technicians that we will train. Brian, don't you have an opening down there? Aren't you looking I've got
2: an opening, and let me share this with you. I have an ad out, and I got three replies this week, okay? One, Mm -hmm. the guy won't answer his phone. Why do people have cell phones if they don't answer their phone? Really? Second guy, I call him. He says... Yeah, I'll call you back later today and I'll swing by. Three three days later, he never returned my phone call and he doesn't come by the shop. The third guy, I call him, talk to him. We had a great conversation. He says, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow and I'll be by the shop and we'll sit down and talk. Two days later, No call, no show. Are you kidding me? These people don't want to work. No. Or they're scared and they can't work on these new vehicles. We have a serious problem with finding technicians today. I mean, 15 years ago, I could have opened my file cabinet. I could have gone to my applicants, and I'd probably have 10 or so in there, I could pick one out. I could give a guy a call. He'd be courteous enough to call you back or answer his phone or show up for an interview. Today, you just can't find anybody. And I'm, it, I know, I don't understand because the automotive industry, a technician can make some good money today. Oh, yeah. It's not like it was in the past where you didn't get paid much. Today, they get paid because they have to invest oh, yeah. a ton of money into their tools. I mean, back in the day yep. when I started, uh, a set of wrenches from 5 sixteenths to 1 inch was $124. I remember when I bought it, I was scared to death to tell my wife. <laughs> I bought a set of tools <laughs> for $124. Oh, my God. That same set of wrenches today is over three hundred dollars. Yep. That's just wrenches. Now I'm not talking about all your specialty tools. When you get into these scanners, you know the Snap-on versus. I would uh, say
1: the. Go ahead. I I would say I would say that the average technician out there right now working on a car, the average price of his toolbox is going to be around ten. To twenty thousand dollars, some of them I know are up to fifty thousand dollars in wrenches For an empty toolbox and stuff that they bought yeah, that's basically right an empty toolbox. well, the toolbox costs five grand themselves yeah. if you get a big toolbox, and that's not the biggest one that's not the one that looks like side of a building, and if you're working on Diesels, it takes larger wrenches more money. And so these guys have investments. I've seen guys come in there at work, at retired, that had toolboxes so big that we had to get a wreck truck in order to move them, had to have a a full-blown frontier-style tow service to come in and get the toolbox just to move them, just to get them to their home. They're that big. And you know they it's it's real and that's where the expense comes in on auto repair. There's and during COVID there was sixty thousand independent garages across the U. S. that closed their doors because they couldn't keep up with the one they didn't have enough work because people quit driving depending on what area. Area you're in, they quit driving their vehicles. There were no breakages because they didn't drive them. And then in 2022, it's projected that another 66,000 independents would be closing because they can't recover from the COVID. So you've got what 120,000 garages, 126 something like 126,000 garages that closed down. Where are all the technicians? We've been running ads for the last uh, eight years, spent a lot of money on ads, and we're not, we're not getting qualified techs. I mean, we're getting people that come in and they were working as a uh, fast order cook, um, uh, and they come in or the only experience they had was when they worked for their dad out in the backyard about 25 years ago. And, you know, okay, well, at least you know which end of a wrench is, or we know what a box-end wrench is, an open-end wrench, and a flathead screwdriver and a Phillips-head screwdriver. So we'll take a chance. They come in and work about three hours and leave because they're so intimidated at what they're going to have to learn. So we went out. We got a hold. we pushed JTED through. They were supposed to teach the – stuff that had been pulled out of schools because it was so expensive. Now JTED is training people to go to the University of Arizona because they couldn't get out of high school. So now they're making up what they didn't learn in high school and teaching them how to get into the University of Arizona. And I'm saying, okay, where is the mechanics? Where is the sheet metal workers? Where are the plumbers or electricians that JTED was supposed to be in doing? And I'm sure they probably got them. I just don't know where they're at because we can't get them to return our call from JTED on the technician. So that's another one that likes my fuse because there's a lot of money put behind JTED schools. Oh, they built some nice, big, beautiful buildings. Um, Pima College. Let's go to Pima College. Where's the auto technicians coming out of Pima, Pima College's class? Don't know don't know, have no clue, because every garage I know of is looking for technicians, and we don't have them in Tucson. And that screws up schedules. We can't process like we would like to process, and you don't know whether to back down or hold the current scheduling, and it's just, it's it's quite a job out there. But this all goes to the expense of auto repair, and when you have a breakdown, how fast can you get it and get it back under your rear end so you can go on with your life? And it's just a frustrating mess right now. So hopefully it'll all work out. Uh, but I don't, I've been around about 47 years now in the automotive repair industry. I have seen a lot of stuff in 47 years in automotive repair. I ain't never seen anything that stacks up with what we've been going through for about the last two years with the COVID and with the schools being closed, everything's on virtual. Um, you know, even the tech schools now are training with on computers. Computers is not, is not real world. When, real world is when you go under a car that has just come in with a blown-up differential, and you have to go in with the grease and the – oils that come out of that thing, and you have to pull it apart and repair it. You've got to have hands-on on on that actual vehicle before you're going to get this thing done. You need to see all of this stuff that Brian's talking about, electronic-wise, so that you can get the experience. There is no substitute for experience on these cars. You're going to be going to school for electronics. You're going to be going to school for everything on a vehicle because we no longer have the bridge coming out of high school into, straight into the automotive industry because in high school, they've cut down what you are allowed to teach in the automotive class. Got this from two instructors that are in the automotive in high school, and they said, When they submitted the agenda or the uh, uh, syllabus or whatever to teach your class, it was turned down and sent back and said, "Well, I think that's too extreme." My gosh, you know. And then I look back and say, "If Ford Motor Company had a recall because they can't put lug nuts on a wheel, uh, we're in trouble." So, you know, but when they hand you lemons, you make lemonade, but my Lord, you can't make lemonade with an orange. And so we're we're adjusting, industry's adjusting, and we're doing the best we can possibly do with what they give us to work with. And as fast as we can do it. That's the reason that California thing that they based it on 2005, there ain't nothing on these vehicles that was, I mean... They're not even they they're different world different ballpark. I mean it's that's that much difference between a 2005 and a 2022. They're not even similar. All it is the only thing it stays constant. It takes compression, electric, and gasoline or a fuel to run an engine, a combustible engine. That's the only thing still there, but there's a. A million things that can interrupt this thing, and you just you're just sitting there and you're just okay. Well, diagnostics, well, diagnostics going to run you. It'll you'll be about eight hundred, nine hundred bucks before you're done with this one, because it is it's done affected a bunch of computers. You've got one computer overriding four others, and then voila, you got a lymph mode. A limp mode's when it gives you just enough. Power to get the vehicle off the road and hopefully to the garage of your choice. So it's a different world, people. Different world. What do you want to add, Brian? Well, you're
2: absolutely 71? correct. I mean, I, I find myself in the shop more and more because you know, well, one, we're super busy, but two, like I said before, we can't find anybody to come in and work because i mean right. these vehicles can be scary to work on today if you don't
1: okay. if
2: you don't understand theory and operation of your computer with wheels you're not going to fix it i mean i had a vehicle in a few weeks ago it had uh, a throttle position sensor problem and the only way you could fix it was to replace the throttle body so you get a new throttle body, and you put that on, and then the throttle position sensor doesn't work. Seriously, it did not work. <laughs> Brand new part, which I'm not even going to get into it. I I don't – there is a percentage out there that the manufacturers say it's okay for failure. They have that yep. figured in. A certain percentage yep. is okay to produce that doesn't work. That's right. It it's, across the board is things. just it's so frustrating. So I get well, another new part well, from the a known consumers
1: good. Don't know this.
2: Well, no. And this is what we're facing. I mean,
1: that's right.
2: I put a new rack and pinion in about six months ago on a vehicle, and it came back for its engine oil service, and it was leaking. I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. Brand new rack and pinion that we elect to go to rather than the remanufactured because we can't trust the remanufactured steering rack and pinion. So we go with a new one, Mm -hmm. and guess what? It leaks. Mm -hmm. I've had two new ones leak Mm -hmm. since we've been using the new ones to put in rather than the remanufactured, which are the new ones, too. They're double the money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But back to that uh, throttle position sensor, not doing what it was supposed to do. You know, I get a new throttle position sensor and put it in and turn the key on so I can power everything up and have my meter out and I'm watching the voltage on it because a throttle position sensor works on a little less than a volt to over four volts. That's from closed throttle to wide-open throttle. The voltage is supposed to increase as the throttle opens from a little less than a volt to over 4 volts. Well, it would sweep. No problem. Key on, engine off. Works great. Start the car. Runs for 3 minutes. Voltage drops down to 0.23. I'm going, are you kidding me? After time, I said, you know, I just cannot believe we've got two parts that are bad. I'm I'm just not going to wrap my head around that. It's not possible. I hope. So finally, I said to myself, reach down there, because it's just a three-wire sensor. You've got a ground. You've got five volts Mm -hmm. going to it. Reference voltage, we call that. And then we got signal return. I said, okay, car, I've had it with you. I reached down and cut the signal return wire. Lo and behold, the sensor sweeps again. Faithfully. And I'm happy with that. So then I look at the car and I say, now, how am I going to sort this out? You've got a wire harness that's about an inch around, filled with a whole bunch of wires. And somewhere in that wire harness from the sensor to the computer, that particular wire is shorted to ground. Well, I'm not going to take the time to open up that wire harness, and what I call fillet it, and check Mm -hmm. every wire inside of it. I just said to myself, self, take the easy road, Run a new wire. So I run a new wire from the throttle position to the computer. Everything's happy. Everything's working. No more problems. Case closed. But these are the things that we're up against. And your average auto technician is not going to be able to go in and sort that out. I can guarantee you that. So this is what, what I'm up against every day. Mm-hmm. super complicated
1: that's reason we need new that's reason we need new people with a hands on on these cars you know i've got a master technician that wanted to retire in June, but he's still there because he said i'm waiting for somebody to give me a youngster so that I can teach him as much as I possibly can. And just show him this is what you have to do. You can't walk into a car with electronic ignition, snap your fingers like we used to when I first started in the garage. A car could pull up in the parking lot, and I could tell you what's wrong with it. I mean, just listening to it. If it's a runability, yeah, no problem. And But you can't do that anymore because there's too many things that causes the exact same runnability problem on them and you have to sort that stuff out, or you'll be chasing your hind end for about the next two years trying to figure out what happened. The hardest thing to find on a car is an intermittent problem. That is a worldwide problem. That's not just a U.S. problem. It's an intermittent problem. Well, it did it early in the morning, okay? And uh, light come on for about two, three seconds, and it went out. Well, most of the cars run a pre-check. In fact, a, a vehicle, when it's running, is constantly checking the circuits. It is constantly monitoring all of the sensors and stuff in there, and that it, that's what it does. So if you've got one that comes on in the morning, after you started the car and you're running and it's off and then it flashes on, is it rechecking the system? And you've got something barely operating out of parameters, and it won't do it again for two days or something like that, and you're getting concerned about it. You said, Well, it's a light on. You're supposed to get them in and check them out. Yeah. The ones you really have, the light you really have to pay attention to, and I mean, really, is the flashing red light or orange light that comes on on a dash. That means that you have some problems, if you don't get it taken care of, it's possible for catastrophic damage. Now, if you get one that comes on with a solid light, what do you do if you've got a solid light on your car brian go through go through the lights Brian did we lose Brian? Well, maybe we lost Brian well, maybe well he'll be back. Yeah. Just keep calling. Are you there? huh i don't think he's there um he's on we got him on we got him locked but uh yeah i didn't hear anything go on with the phone line so okay well maybe it's his turn to drop phones mine was last week and <laughs> week before um but there's nothing simple about these vehicles as brian was saying there's a lot of stuff involved in electronic uh electronic car on wheels is all it is. It's operating in a very hazardous uh, environment, and it's amazing that they last as long as they do, or when they run and run as well as they do, because of the road conditions, the environment, the heat. I mean, all of this is a player in these things. And the one thing that just scares the bejesus out of me and Brian and Uh, Parker Automotive is when somebody comes in and says, yeah, I've had it. I've had it for 150,000 miles, and I have never done anything to it except change the oil. And we're going, oh, my God. Is this for real? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that has happened in that 150,000 miles, and you need to get it checked out. And I've told you before, and I've told you about these million-mile vehicles that run a million miles, And the common denominator of every one of these vehicles that run a million, a million-plus miles has been preventive maintenance and regular maintenance. In other words, you get it before it gets you. And these guys are still driving these old Volvos and Volkswagens and everything else over a million miles. And, yeah, they've had to replace a transmission in it. Maybe even an engine in it, but they still got the body, the chassis, and everything's running over a million miles. And the overall cost of maintaining that car is still cheaper than buying a new one. And so, but the only way you're going to do it is preventive maintenance. You got you got a brand new car, you're driving it, you have a contractual responsibility to the manufacturer to do your part, which is regular maintenance on this vehicle when you get a recall on a car it has something to do with a safety item and the car will be recalled and fixed at the manufacturer with no charge to you if you get a tech if you get a technical service bulletin different ball game that's just telling you there's a noted problem all right we got to take a break here at the top of the hour hopefully mr uh test 1st on guest can join us back for the second hour You're listening live to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com.